Ellen Siders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you. Wherever you may be, this is your host, Bruce Ash, broadcasting live from the third level of my underground bunker, located somewhere in Coronado, California, where the men are strong, the women are good-looking, and their parents are absolutely convinced their kids are way above average. Em and I welcome you to another action-packed, maybe we'll finally get some rain, special edition of Inside Track. Yep. Hey, thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Before we get to our first guest, Sherry Sapir, who's running for State Superintendent of Public Education, please support our great sponsors. We've got Jamie and Gary Kipper from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call Jamie or Craig at 209-1576. Eric Rudin at Essential Pest 886 3029, get rid of those bugs and vermin and the weeds that are going to be coming here real soon. And also Joy and Ellie at Corazon Cabinets, 488-2266. And let's not forget our friend Robin Stoddard at Right Flight. Also supporting Inside Track is the aforementioned Eb Wilkinson from Wilkinson Wealth Management. All of our sponsors are locally owned, family-run businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do, so should you. We welcome your calls today on the Wilkinson Wealth Management Live Line. That's Eb at 790-2040. Hey, let's, yeah, let's get right to it. Our first guest today is Sherry Sapir, who's running as a GOP primary candidate for the State Superintendent of Public Instruction. Welcome to the Inside Track, Sherry. Sure, you there. Hello? Hi. Oh, good. There we are. Hey, we've got a tradition here at the Inside Track of asking each one of our first-time guest candidates that we chat with about the state constitution. So here we go. Sherry, according to the Arizona State Constitution, what is the stated purpose of government? The stated purpose of government is to um, to preserve the liberties of their people, I guess. This sounds good. Hey, your likely opponent in the general election. Well, close, close enough. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> what, close what enough. It? It's, it, well, it's, it's actually, Sherry, it's actually, it's actually to protect the people against the government. Okay. To protect their liberties from the government. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. And when you're bored, it's Article 2, Section 2 of the Arizona Constitution. Sounds good. <laughs> So, hey, your likely opponent in the general election is current superintendent, uh, and she oversaw lockdowns, mask mandates, flawed remote learning schemes, and supported teachers' unions and runaway rogue school districts. What would you do if, God forbid, there's another lockdown? Well, first of all, I will do the opposite of everything she's done and advocated for. I will never ever support shutdowns and will never support masks for our kids. Luckily, though, we did pass a law uh, this past session, and it got signed by the governor, so they cannot mandate masks anymore without a consent of a parent in the schools. So hopefully, with that being in place, uh, we're not going to have that issue uh, specifically, but they can still do the shutdowns, and I will always, always advocate for opening of the schools, because we know nothing good came of it. Uh, It did not stop the spread or slowed down the spread or any of the uh, meat that they fed us for so long uh, and the damage and the ramification of the shutdowns are close to irreversible in some kids if we don't hurry up and, and, and do something. Bruce? 
Thanks for uh, taking time to join us today, Sherry. You know, you might be the first former IDF soldier uh, to run for statewide office and actually appear on Inside Track. That's quite an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. What did you learn about life serving? What did you learn about? Huh? Oh, no. Go ahead. Sherry. Um, So being in the IDF, what did you learn about life serving in the Army? You know, my job was to support bereaved families. So my unit was uh, helping them with logistical needs, financial needs, um, uh, and so for emotional needs. So, and we're also negotiating bringing back remains of missing soldiers. So when it comes to the value of life, I can tell you the Israeli army and probably the American army are the two uh, armies in the entire world that value life most, right? We would negotiate and exchange live prisoners by the hundreds just to bring back remains of missing soldiers to have closure for those families. Um, so that really, uh, you know, really stamped strong in me how, how much life should be valued, right? Uh, and, and the families of those who uh, were lost. So that's number one. And then again, working with very families, uh, there's nothing more painful than looking in a mother's eyes that tells you, I should have never buried my son, he should have buried me. There's nothing, there's no more painful moment in your life other than something that you experience yourself, that you can look in somebody else's experience and feel. And I've done that many times throughout my service, and uh, I'm taking it with me to remember that we have to support families, we have to support people, we have to understand their pain and be there for them. That's a beautiful story, Sherry. Thanks thanks for sharing that. You know, this has to be sort of a quick chat today, and we plan to have you come back uh, and talk with us next Saturday to more fully lay out your plans in greater detail. But you recently told AZ Central, quote, I never thought I would run for political office, but I think we see a lot of our mama bears around the nation running for school boards. Now, you're part of the mom's movement in America this election cycle. Improving education isn't just about throwing more money at, at problems, but making fundamental changes changes. Our state leads the nation where state school money follows the students. Tell our listeners why ESAs are going to be such a great game changer for greater competition to improve education for our children. And and also talk about your support for ESAs. Absolutely. I think it's such a beautiful thing because for 16 months, I've been talking about school choice. And here I was given a gift by our legislature and the governor, they've actually expended it even before, um, I mean, office. The superintendent is the one who oversees that program in the Department of Education. Kathy Hoffman hates that program with passion. Uh, she actually just signed uh, those petitions that your listeners should be very careful about from SOS. They're trying to get uh, on the ballot the, the referendum on that expansion of school choice. So please be careful. Do not sign any petitions. Decline to sign those. But you definitely want somebody like me who wants school choice to oversee that program. Uh, to me, the parents are the ultimate decision makers when it comes to their children, everything, including education. Uh, competition springs uh, better quality, and, and, and it's just better customer service, and that's just free market concepts. It's nothing that we don't know. Uh, when you monopolize anything, you should expect lesser value for your money because there's no in, no incentive to be better. 
And that's what we've been seeing. Now, the argument against school choice would have been acceptable if the schools were doing a phenomenal job educating our children, but they're not. The failure is epic. So you can't tell me that you're doing a terrible job, yet you're going to keep my money at the same time. It's just an oxymoron and it's unacceptable. It's my money. It's our money. It's our taxpayers' money. And not, not to mention, these are our children. So I'm very, very excited um, to have school choice on my side as a tool. When I'm the superintendent, I will do everything I can to assist the families of Arizona to engage uh, in, in getting their applications in and really find their freedom. Um, I think maybe if, if the schools, the public schools are smart, they're going to clean up their act and quick now that they know that the money, not by default, is going to them necessarily. And it's going to just create a much better environment for everyone. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Great. Hey, Sherry Sapir, candidate for State Superintendent of Public Instruction. What's your website? SapirAZ.com. S-A-P-I-R-A-Z.com. Great. Hey, thanks for uh, being on. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Mr. Producer, let's go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to Inside Track. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Shauna Bollock, GOP primary candidate for Arizona Secretary of State. On Iron and Metal Retail to Inside Track as an advertiser. Jamie Kipper and her staff are conservation experts. They sell round and square steel tubing metal plate and roofing materials as well as new and used steel, aluminum, and stainless steel to ranchers, artists, interior designers, roofers, and do-it-yourselfers just like all of the listeners here. Tucson Iron and Metal Retail is open Monday through Fridays 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. and Saturdays 8 a.m. to noon. Tucson Iron and Steel Retail, 701 East 36th Street. Call 520-209-1576 or go to TucsonIronRetail.com. And when you do call, mention this ad and receive an additional 10% discount on their already great prices. Instead of an activity where every kid gets a trophy, those who graduate from Wright Flight get to fly a plane. But only if they get good grades, are well-behaved, and pass a written test. I'm Robin Stoddard, an ex-fighter pilot. I founded Wright Flight because I knew it could help kids reach new heights in their schools, homes, and communities. Endorsed by educators at every level, nonprofit Wright Flight has changed thousands of lives since 1986. Learn more at rightflight.org. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Eb Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. Are you letting rising inflation interfere with your ammo budget? Don't do that. Let us show you how to buy the same goods and services 20 years from now as you can today. We manage money for gun owners and we can guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911 or wilkinsonwealthmgmt.com. 
Welcome back to Inside Track. Our guest for the next several minutes is Shauna Bollock. She's running for Arizona Secretary of State. Shauna, where are you calling from today? I know you're on the go all the time. I am. Thanks for having me on. I am calling from Chandler right now, and we're going to be heading over to Mesa in a few minutes. That's great. The legislature, as you know, passed election integrity laws this year and last. But, Shauna, what are the chances this election might be run any better than 2020? And what must be done to ensure this election is run according to the law where the rules aren't changed in the middle of the contest? Like 2020, I mean, right? So hopefully we are hopefully we are following all the statutes. Unfortunately, the current Secretary of State, Hobbs, um, is allowing the unmanned drop boxes still, even though um, you're not allowed to do that in state statutes. So that's one thing that's going on. One good thing that we did uh, last legislative session in 2021 was to ban the Zuck Bucks. So we will not have, hopefully, any outside money coming in to influence the election like it had happened uh, over in 2020. So that means Mark Zuckerberg and Arnold Schwarzenegger and some other folks are hopefully not going to be manipulating our elections and uh, funding uh, different things to help benefit the more blue precincts around the state of Arizona. I cannot guarantee things will be run more smoothly. I am hearing so many different issues from around the state, as you may know, down in Pinal County. They sent out a bunch of ballots that didn't include the the city council races. Right. So they're going to have to send out another ballot uh, with those races on it. As you know, down in Pima County, the mock uh, election sessions did not go very well. I believe there's also some other issues that are going on in Pima Santa Cruz, there's going to be a court hearing on Monday because they're not allowing uh, close enough uh, observation of the signature verification process. So obviously there's some things that are still going on. The AG had tried to get a different election procedure manual as well as to ban the drop boxes, something that we were unable to do, unfortunately, this past legislative session. One of my opponents in this particular race actually killed the bill. Uh, AG Bernovitz, I believe, filed an appeal and it was denied um, right away. So I think they have to wait a few months to have another court hearing. So those are some of the latest things that have been going on uh, leading up to the, the August 2022 primary. Yeah, and le- let's be clear. Let's be clear about this, uh, friends who are listening in. Um, Shauna has been for all of the great in- election integrity bills that have been passed. One of her um, competitors in this primary election talks big. Uh, but she has been a roadblock uh, to getting election uh, uh, integrity uh, legislation passed. Okay, so, Shauna, AZ Central described you as a no-nonsense candidate in a piece earlier this summer, but did so in sort of a snarky kind of a fashion. The last election, <laughs> the last election was a mess. What must be still done to give Arizonans greater guarantees so that all of the votes will count? Well, for one, elect me in August and November. I had sponsored about two dozen election integrity bills, and the bill ideas all came from different people from around the state of Arizona who were poll watchers, poll observers, disenfranchised voters, etc. And some of our bills that were not heard would have actually addressed some of these issues. It would have even addressed some of the recommendations that came out of the Senate audit uh, that was published last September Things making uh, the election more transparent. One of the bills, HB 2720, would have in real time on the county recorder's websites, as well as the secretary of state, would have shown how many mail-in ballots were out there in the universe. So everything from the time that it was ordered and printed 
mailed out, spoiled ballots, provisional, etc. Because we had heard in um, Maricopa County after the November 20 election that the voting cast record did not equal the total control slip. So this was a way for us to see in real time exactly what was going on to make sure that only legal votes were being counted. We had other provisions to uh, take the ballot images. Uh, This was also another bill from 2021 to make sure that you could take the ballot images once they they were voted on and they would be put out in a public domain. We had another bill to actually allow voters uh, take a picture or a video within the 75-foot limit. And we had heard a lot of problems, and we saw the, the affidavits that were filed with the various lawsuits showing that when a voter went in to actually feed their ballot into the tabulation machine in Maricopa County, the election workers weren't always telling the voter exactly what was going on. I don't know if it was malfeasance or just being stupid. Um, I'll leave that up to whoever wants to decide but when your ballot doesn't doesn't get actually fed in, it bounces back and it goes to tray three, they were not explaining to them that there's potentially a problem like a stray mark, an overvote or some other issue. And tray three meant that ballot was going to be electronically adjudicated in Maricopa County. Over 200,000 ballots, mm-hmm. which is way higher than previous elections, were electronically adjudicated. Part of my election bill would have made sure that any of those ballots that had to be electronically adjudicated those images also would have been put out in public domain so people could have done their own audits. These are all common sense measures. Shauna, it's Ab here. Describe what electronically adjudicated means. Absolutely. So what they do is they have a panel, usually a Republican and a Democrat. They will take the ballots that um, maybe it had a stray mark, maybe there was an overmark, maybe someone spilled their coffee on their mail-in ballots, and they create a panel. So they have a, a bipartisan panel, And they go into a room and there's a bunch of people in there and on a screen in front of them, you'll you'll see the the ballot. Um, You will be able to figure out if this is the voters intent. And then you push a button once you agree what was happening in Maricopa County for some of these uh, electronic adjudication panels that were bipartisan, supposedly. um, I had heard that one person, potentially the Democrats, were just pushing the button before the other person had a chance to actually see the, the electronically adjudicated ballot. So we believe that was problematic. Um, maybe we shouldn't be using electronically adjudicated um, panels unless there's two buttons, you know. Um, make sure each of them actually agrees, right? And Kind of like launching nukes. And to, to me, this just seems common sense. I'm like, why would there only be one button if, there, if there's two people there? You know, you would have to actually agree and accept this is what the voter's intent was. You go on to the next screen. You know, we also heard about uh, signature verification problems in Maricopa County near the end. They weren't actually doing it. Run back the company that they um, provide, uh, you know, the ballots. They print them. They send them out. They, they scan them in. Uh, we heard that they were doing artificial intelligence uh, on the signature verification and any problems they would send to the county to actually address. And they were doing it every 4.7 seconds. I talked to uh, Helen Purcell, the former Maricopa County recorder, after we had heard about this issue. And she's like, we never use artificial intelligence. We use live humans to do this stuff. So I don't like the fact that we keep seeming to um, allow other organizations to come out, contract with, you know, do other things whenever we are actually paying a good penny for some of these things to be done. As you all may know, uh, the chief election officer in Arizona is the secretary of state and the money comes from the federal government to actually fund our elections. And if I know of these issues that are going on, I'm going to put a stop to it. I have let folks know that I'm going to create 15 election integrity task forces, one for each county, 
to be the eyes and ears on the ground to make sure that they are following the laws and procedures that are on the books. And also, I am probably the only elected official that will come on your show and wants to be sued. I want to be sued so we can actually get clean voter rolls. And I believe believe that is paramount. So you can create all sorts of different funky paper and QR codes and whatever else you want that you think Special Inc. is going to help. Clean voter rolls, legal ID on all ballots, those are the two things that we need to focus on first and foremost. Thankfully, in November 2022 ballot, uh, all the voters in Arizona will be able to vote on the legal ID on all ballots. It's a ballot referral that we sent over from the legislature. It should pass bipartisan uh, and uh, overwhelmingly. More than 80 percent of all voters in Arizona, it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is, they support this idea. Man, your Democratic opponent must hate you. <laughs> well, I'm not a fan of Fontes, and, and, and voting's not much better. So as people know, I'm married to a judge, and the Democrats like to screw around with my household for many reasons. Uh, Adrian Fontes had refused to actually close off our address uh, back in, I believe it was 2016 or 2017, I had to actually reach out to Bill Montgomery's office, who was county attorney at the time in Maricopa County, to ask for assistance in order to close it off. So this is a guy that, you know, is part of Fast and Furious, BLM. I think he was part of the rioting that happened um, after the um, Dobbs decision came out. We don't need a political hack in this position. I have promised individuals that I will be checking my politics at the door. I'm very conservative. I'm very principled. We need to make sure that our election offices are treated, treats everybody like Switzerland, be as neutral as possible so we can make sure that we have honest and fair elections again. So what you just said about Adrian Fontes is true. Maybe the only exception of a worse uh, county recorder is the current Pima County reporter who's oh. a Grijalva uh, plant. So how dangerous would it... Well, then Adrian it... went down to help her implement yep. the same exact stuff that we have yep. in Maricopa County. So the electronic poll books are, are very problematic. Right, and right. And he took the blueprint of how to screw up Maricopa down to Pima. You guys didn't need any more help down there, but now he went down there to help screw it up some more. You said in a televised debate that you had had enough questions about the 2020 presidential race that if you were Secretary of State, you would have immediately certified, excuse me, you would not have immediately certified the results, even though the new law requires and would have ordered an audit first. The left is not happy with that, are they? So, no, they're not. Um, We should audit the process. We should have a lot of pre-election audits. We should have post-election audits. We should make sure that the voting cast record equals the total control slips. You know, my opponents all want to rubber stamp this, and I don't think they should. When you are receiving the canvases from the 15 counties, you should make sure that they are correct. You should not just move things forward. This is why there's a lot of people that don't trust the integrity in our elections. I think it's more than 50 percent of all people, according to a Rasmussen poll, believe cheating is already going on in this current election. And it's a little bit higher of the cheating that happened back in 20. Go back to the voting cast slips against the what was it? Records against the control slips? What are you talking about? So, yeah, the voting cast record, people who are obviously registered vote and who could be casting a ballot, did not actually equal the outcome. And we had heard this from someone who leaked it out from uh, Fontes' office, who was a Democrat, back after the November 20 election. And there was a bill, I think um, Representative Kavanaugh was trying to push through this bill. I don't believe it. Um, I, I think the Senate actually killed the bill. I think it went up on the House board, but I don't think it actually did anything over in the Senate. This was another idea that came out of the audit 
there was a guy, I forget the guy's name down, I think in southern Arizona, who's a Democrat. And he was actually working the audit along with uh, Ken Bennett and countless other individuals. And John Brady. He has been, yes, he had been fighting for election integrity. We had a meeting with him before we went back to the Capitol. I had a bunch of bill ideas for this session. I had 15 pages worth of bill ideas that people brought to me after November, November 20 election. And I, I gave them all to our staff. I said, listen, these are some things I want to focus on. But you know what? These are other problems that have been brought to my attention. When you have an excess amount of individuals that are emailing and calling and mailing letters to your office from November 4th of 2020 to January 1st of 2021, you know there's a problem. And as you guys know, whenever you serve in the legislature, uh, whenever you are either a freshman or a sophomore, you don't really have staff. I have one individual that's assigned to me to actually answer my phone and to help schedule my meetings. She does not answer my email. So I had to go back and try to answer as many emails as possible. And what I had told folks uh, after the November 20 election, I said, listen, I said, if you experienced fraud or you saw something that was not quite right, please go file a complaint with the AG's election integrity unit. They can actually work through some of these ideas. The problem is they don't have civil subpoena power. It was another bill idea that I had. Um, hopefully the next attorney general is a Republican and hopefully the next legislature that we have is more conservative than what we currently have because that unit needs to be funded more. They only have one attorney and three investigators and they need probably at least a half a dozen attorneys and a few more investigators to make sure that they're actually tracking things. It's very hard for one person to truly uh, fight back and try to help build confidence in our elections through our AG's office. Hey, Shauna, thanks so much for joining us. We're up against the clock. How do people get a hold of you and help you? Wonderful. Thanks for having me on. My uh, website is bolickforarizona.com. It's B-O-L-I-C-K-F-O-R-A-R-I-Z-O-N-A.com. I would appreciate anybody that wants to join our Bullock Brigade, whether it's to volunteer, get a yard sign, or to uh, financially donate. Great. Hey, Mr. Producer, thanks. Uh, let's take the bottom of the hour break right now. When we return, GOP primary candidate for Arizona Attorney General, Judge Andy Gould joins us. You're listening to Inside Track. Bruce and I will be right back. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our Tucson? biggest customers are actually like ranchers and yeah. people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. So uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material, what they're making, bringing it back. And so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them. So I think that's really our niche market. We'll sell whatever you need. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? <sighs> no, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? 
None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management reminding you that every good and excellent thing stands moment by moment on the razor's edge of danger and must be fought for, including getting out of debt, building your wealth, and protecting your God-given right. We manage money for gun owners. Let us help you retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com. Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce is here. Eb is here. Yeah, great. And our guest for the rest of today's special edition of Inside Track is former prosecutor, a well-respected Yuma County attorney and Arizona Supreme Court Justice, Andy Gould joins us, who is a Republican candidate for state attorney general running against a former goofy Democrat, uh, Tucson City Councilman, uh, who's masquerading as a Republican. Welcome back to Inside Track, Judge Gould. Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me on today. You bet. I want to spend a moment or two talking about the attack on Republican nominee for New York Governor Lee Zeldin, who was attacked during a campaign stop in New York State yesterday. His assailant, the person who attempted murder on him, was arrested, booked, and barely had time for a cup of coffee before he was released without posting bail on his own recognizance under these crazy no-bail rules made up by soft-on-crime leftists in New York State. What the hell is going on there? You know, this bail reform movement that started up a few years ago uh, has been disastrous. And one group of people that they never asked about bail and bonds are judges. And when I, I was a trial judge for many years, 11 years down in Yuma, and I, you know, I could see the effectiveness of of bail. And there's just um, they, they don't understand that it, it not only is is ensuring somebody's appearance, but it's protecting the safety of the community. It, it so it's just another one of these progressive political agendas that they foisted on the on the justice system, and it's just putting everybody at risk. So it's this idea now that any bail or bond holding somebody in custody. Uh, is is prejudicial against, uh, you know, minorities. And I have to tell you, uh, it, all it's doing is putting communities at risk. And I, what, what we saw yesterday, it, it's almost at the point of absurdity what happened yesterday. Yeah, I agree with you. In Pima County, we have a Soros-backed county attorney. And the Democrats running for county attorney in Maricopa County are big supporters of criminals and appear disinterested in public safety. Crimes against person and, and crimes against property in our state have never been higher. And overworked, understaffed cops and soft on crime county attorneys have not been successful in protecting the public. Andy, if you were elected attorney general here in Arizona, what's your plan to restore law and order? Well, there's a couple things that we need to do directly. That issue with these county attorneys, these progressive county attorneys, they don't have the discretion to simply not enforce the law. I think sometimes people get confused about what prosecutorial discretion means. 
what it means is in an individual case, if you don't have enough evidence to convict somebody, you don't charge it. It doesn't mean you don't like certain crimes, so you don't charge those crimes. I think it's a violation of the separation of powers. And as AG, uh, you know, the AG has authority to supervise the county attorneys in this state. There's a specific statute. It's ARS 43193, subsection A, or 41193, subsection A. I would use that authority to crack down on these prosecutors who are refusing to enforce certain crimes. I would take them to court and get a court order and make them do their job. And there is a precedent for it. Believe it or not, it's from California. Newsom would not enforce, or not Newsom, Gascon would not enforce the three strikes law in L.A. And so the L.A., or excuse me, the California Attorney General's Association took them to court. And the court said, you don't have the discretion not to enforce the three strikes law. And the court ordered them to enforce it. We could do the same thing here. Your primary opponent, as I mentioned before, is the former goofy Democrat Tucson City Councilman, friend of Raul Grajava. He, he actually worked in his congressional office a while back. He claims he's the bee's knees, an experienced, mm-hmm. tough Air Force prosecutor. The reality is he plays a prosecutor for, for the Air Force for two weeks a year as a reserve officer while you were a real-life, full-time prosecutor who put away crooks, killers, and rapists on a full-time basis for years as county attorney, haven't you? And remind us again about your judicial and prosecutorial experience, because, Andy, I know a lot about you. I know a lot about the other guy, and your, your history, your experience far surpasses him. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. You know, uh, one of the things about politics, uh, and I'm new to it, because uh, when I retired from the court, um, I had to kind of acclimate. And there's a lot of embellishment that goes on, to say the least. My background is 31 years of actually practicing law in this state. Uh, I was a commercial litigator at Snell and Wilmer for a number of years. It's the biggest law firm in the state. I left that job to be a prosecutor in Yuma. I took a pay cut down to $34,000 a year because I wanted to prosecute cartels and bad guys on the border. Yeah, that was really smart, Andy. That was really smart, Andy. I'm sure your wife was happy with that. She's about (laughs) as happy with that as my decision to run for attorney general. Um, But, uh, uh, you know, I I, I went down there. I prosecuted uh, child molesters. I did homicide capital. I did cartel cases. I was threatened by cartels. Uh, At one point, I had to send my family out of state. Uh, I was a a Superior Court judge. I did a full criminal and civil calendar as a Yuma County Superior Court judge for 11 years. I literally have presided over hundreds of civil and criminal jury trials. Then I was appointed to the Arizona Court of Appeals by Governor Brewer. I wrote hundreds of appellate opinions on that court. And then Governor Ducey appointed me to the Arizona Supreme Court in late 2016, and I was on that court for almost five years. So, you know, I've been uh, a civil litigator. I've been a a prosecutor. I've done, uh, I've been a trial judge, an appellate judge, a Supreme Court justice. Uh, I've written on just about every issue you can imagine. I've had my cases go all the way to the Arizona Supreme Court. So when I talk about my experience, uh, it's the truth. I, I, I don't embellish on it. Uh, I've, I don't know that there's well, you don't need to. The, well, I don't know that yeah, anybody's ever run for this office that has the experience I have. That's a fact. I, I well, agree. let's talk about hey. that. Um, 
one of your competitors, Ice Rink Rodney, has put a ton of his family wealth trying to demonstrate his bona fides to run as a Republican for the state attorney general. And so why should anyone, Democrat, Republican, or independent, vote for this guy? Republicans don't trust him. His former Democrat pals hate his guts. You could have continued to be a state Supreme Court justice for years, and you could have retired from the bench to run for attorney general. Why? Well, I mean, in terms of of, uh, Rodney, I think... People need to be a little discerning in this day and age. You know, you can't just watch TV commercials and and look at ads. Um, Look, ask your lawyer friends uh, if they what Rodney's reputation is as an attorney. Um, What what big cases has Rodney tried in this state? Um, These are things that when you're when you're voting for attorney general uh, you want to you want to vote for the lawyer that you would hire to represent you in court and those are the kind of questions you'd have you'd want the best lawyer um, you know, I'm not going to speak for the legal community but you know I don't I don't really know that any lawyers uh, have had any cases with Rodney in court I can't think of a big case that he's won uh, is is this the person that you want arguing a case in front of the United States Supreme Court for you Ask your lawyer friends. Look at his background. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, in terms of my decision, uh, I think it's as simple as this. If a judge is doing his or her job, they should be calling balls and strikes. It's something where the cases are brought to you. But an attorney general can be proactive, can investigate, is really the tip of the spear in fighting for people's rights, protecting against federal overreach. And what I've seen is too many progressive AGs or frankly, too many politically ambitious AGs, that they don't take care of the people of their state. I wasn't going to stand by and let that happen, and so I got into the race. The U.S. Supreme Court handed down a landmark 2A decision earlier this year. Some states, like the New York State Assembly and the House, passing obvious unconstitutional anti-self-defense laws. If you become our Attorney General... If Tucson or Flagstaff passes city ordinances which violate Arizona or U.S. constitutional freedoms, what do you do? There's a statute. It's ARS uh, 44, uh, 1481, and it goes through Section 1487. It allows the attorney general to open an investigation on any city or municipality that is as an ordinance or a policy that's violating the U.S., Arizona Constitution, or state law. And what it allows you to do is investigate, and if you think there's reasonable grounds that the city or the municipality has, in fact, violated a constitutional provision or statute, you can take a special action up directly to the Arizona Supreme Court and strike down the ordinance. And you can also, uh, as a penalty, have all their state-shared revenue taken away. On the Supreme Court, I sat on several cases where the AG did exactly that. I was on the court the Supreme Court, when we struck down the Tucson gun ordinance. So it's a very powerful tool the AG has. It would apply directly to the Second Amendment. And uh, there's already precedent with Tucson interfering with Second Amendment rights in the case that we wrote a few years ago. Uh, Simply put, I'll be in court so fast it'll make their head spin. I'll tell you that. Now, you can do that without having anybody bring it to you, correct? No, it's it's usually brought to you. I think I, I'm trying to recall the 
there are certain individuals who can bring it to you. One of them is a state legislator. I can't remember the others. Um, but there's, there's a, a, a group of public officials uh, that can bring the complaint to you. I just can't recall off the top of my head. But I'm sure if Tucson enacted an ordinance that was infringing on the Second Amendment, there would be plenty of sponsors bringing that to the AG's office. Let's stay with the uh, Second Amendment for a second. Concealed carry was in the news this past week as a Good Samaritan neutralized a crazed killer in an Indiana mall. How does our constitutional carry law protect us? Well, it's a right of self-defense. Uh, you know, you read about that case, and uh, I think it was from 40 feet away, and, uh, and it, he was able to pull out his Glock and shoot, uh, shoot this guy who was threatening, could have killed a lot of people. That's the point of it. My... My father is 88 years old, and he knows he can't defend himself, so he has a handgun uh, to protect himself. So, you know, this is something that's so fundamental to the United States. Why do you want to take away people's rights to be able to defend themselves? Uh, You know, elderly, uh, my my wife, uh, it's the great equalizer, and uh, so that's, uh, it's a great, value for people to protect themselves. That's what was embedded in the Second Amendment, uh, and I was glad to see the Supreme Court in the New York uh, Rod and Gun Club case reiterate it's a it's a right of self-defense. Um, but, you know, I've never seen another right challenged so much where the left is essentially trying to make you prove your right to exercise a constitutional right. No other right is, is subjected to that type of burden. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, judges, judges, judges. Donald Trump nominated and the Senate confirmed three new justices who see their job, as you called it before, uh, calling balls and strikes, preserving our constitutional freedoms. In the decisions earlier this summer, life was affirmed and the Constitution preserved. Uh, but some state and federal officials and even some local officials in Arizona are trying to circumvent abortion laws and the decision of the Supreme Court, both on Dobbs and Roe. What is the responsibility, uh, Andy, of the Arizona Attorney General to uphold Arizona's life legislation and your thoughts on Katie Hobbs, who, when she ran for Attorney General, uh, excuse me, when when she ran for um, Secretary of State, she promised to help elect Democrats to office if she was elected she now is running for governor, and she says she will not support the recent Roe and Dobbs decisions as they affect Arizona law on abortion. Are you willing to stand in opposition to Hobbs if she is elected? And let's, let's hope that she isn't. She's already demonstrated herself as a dangerous uh, election official. But if she's elected and actually carries out any of her threats against life, what will you do as attorney general? You know, this is really why I get in the race. Um, the attorney general is a firewall against these types of public officials who think they're above the law. They think they're above the Constitution. They can pick and choose the laws that they like and enforce those and follow those. And the ones they don't, they ignore. Look, Dobbs was very clear. The United States Constitution is silent on abortion. It doesn't make it lawful, it doesn't make it unlawful, and it kicked it back to the states. 
Now, right. our legislature passed a, an abortion statute, SB 1164, and in terms of what the AG's authority is, it specifically states in that statute the AG has the authority to enforce that law. That includes criminal penalties. It also includes civil penalties. It has the, uh, the AG has a responsibility to monitor even the abortions that are permitted under that law, those before 15 weeks or the medical emergencies. So what the Arizona legislature has done is it has put the Arizona Attorney General front and center in upholding uh, its new abortion law. So uh, I will enforce it. I'm going to protect life, and I'm going to follow the Constitution. And I, I, I'll tell you this, um, whether it's uh, uh, Katie Hobbs or, uh, you know, a county attorney or any official who won't follow our law, which is is absolutely constitutional, it's identical, essentially, to the law that was upheld in the Dobbs case, um, the heat's coming, I'm going to tell you that. I mean, you know, one thing that has to happen in this country, and it's AGs that have the greatest responsibility, is you've got to respect the law. You don't get to pick and choose which laws you like. Well, let's, uh, let's continue on that for a moment. Your opponent in the general, Chris Mays, said this on Twitter. It's a dark day in American history. We refuse to go backwards, and I will fight like hell to ensure women have control over our own bodies. When elected attorney general, my 12-point plan for protecting and retaining reproductive rights, including the right to an abortion, starts day one. And it seems weird to both Bruce and I that Chris Mays says she has a 12-point plan to protect females controlling their own bodies, but doesn't even have one-point plan to protect our open borders and women against the vicious human smugglers who rape women, molest children, use them as mules to haul their drugs, and sell them into slavery, does she? No. You know what? It sounds to me like uh, Chris wants to run for the legislature, uh, not attorney general. I mean, if you want to go affect policy, go run for the legislature. If you want to enforce the law, run for AG. Um, but again, it's selective. She has chosen to focus on really defying what the Supreme Court has done. She does not respect the legislature. She wants to push policy. And part of that is ignoring the disaster and the tragedy on the border. Uh, there's, there's, I'm from Yuma. I lived in Yuma for many years. I was a prosecutor in Yuma. The, the situation is worse than anybody can imagine. And it's not just people coming in to you know, work in agriculture. It's from all over the world. I can tell you I was down there with Sheriff Wilmot a few weeks ago, and I always go down to the border, the pinch points where the cartels and these caravans come across. I saw a book on the ground. I picked it up. It was the book 1984 by George Orwell in Russian. If you think that you don't have people coming in from Russia, the Middle East, think again. And so the fact that someone who claims they want to be uh, the top legal officer in the state absolutely ignores the border with the blood and the violence and the fentanyl, it, it's, it's just a, a lack of respect for the law and, frankly, a lack of respect for the lives of people who live on that border. Let's continue on that for a second. Uh, the AG legislator passed a $300 million-plus bill, uh, appropriation bill, to build border protection. What's your plan for protecting our border? You know, I've thought about this for many years, and uh, I think the state should be front and center on border security. So my plan is a no-trespassing zone plan, and it's, I, it's can be complicated, but in its simplest phrase, it's this. 
the pinch points where the cartels and the caravans come across, local police and sheriffs stage in those areas with hidden cameras and drones. And as soon as they step on state land or private property, they're arrested for trespass. Once they're arrested for trespass, they can be searched incident to arrest. The fentanyl, the methamphetamine, the guns, the drugs can be seized as evidence. They can be prosecuted for mandatory prison sentences for transporting that illegal property. We can also free the children that they're transporting as sex slaves. And in terms of those that are in the country illegally, they can be prosecuted for associating with these cartels, but we'll offer them a plea. You can go to trial and face years in prison, or you can take a plea to unsupervised probation with one condition, voluntarily return to Mexico or your country of origin. That entire plan can be carried out with state law enforcement, state law, state prosecutors, and with the money that they've set aside in the border plan, not even a quarter of that is needed to fund the extra sheriffs, the equipment, the housing facilities to fund it. So we can do it right now. We don't need any additional laws. We don't need to file a lawsuit. With the money they've appropriated, with the state law, that plan could go into place in a matter of months on the border when I'm AG. So basically what sounds rather goofy, putting up a no trespassing sign, kind of like putting up a no gun sign, gives you standing then to search the no, these guys, or how does that work? The no trespassing sign is simply, it's you have to give reasonable notice that you're trespassing for criminal trespass. So putting up the sign... It's simply the trigger that allows you to arrest for trespass, which then allows you to do the search and to arrest, which triggers all the other penalties. So the, the sign isn't meant to keep anybody out. It's meant to, to trigger the criminal law. Um, the statute is ARS 13-1501, and for a criminal trespass, you have to notify somebody. So you're going to have to put up these signs at reasonable intervals so that the plan can work. You know, as an interesting footnote, <laughs> some of my campaign signs say no trespassing zone. I had a homeowner tell me that she'd had a problem with uh, a lot of people trespassing and, and uh, homeless population coming on her property. Since my signs went out on the curb, she hasn't had any trespassers, so it's already working. Andy, we've got two minutes and 57 seconds left. Bruce? Yeah, just a real quick question before uh, Eb wraps up the show today, Andy. Um, there have been uh, numerous uh, um, uh, incidents of attacks on judges across the country, most notably with Supreme Court justices. There have been uh, attacks on public officials. Um, as Attorney General, um, is this something that you're going to focus on, and that is protecting the judiciary, protecting county attorneys and, and uh, attorney staffs against uh, cartels and other roughneck groups and, and hardened criminals uh, who would make threats against our judicial system? Yes, because those attacks are symbolic to destroy the institutions, to destroy the system of justice. So when you let cartels, criminals, focus on those judges, those county attorneys, what they're doing is they're literally terrorizing the people of this state to make them lose all confidence in the justice system. So you have to defend it. It's symbolic, and especially judges. Judges are, are just defenseless. I was a judge for over 20 years. Uh, you know, these state court judges, even up to the Arizona Supreme Court, have almost no security. 
they're sitting targets. Uh, people are are constantly harassing them about decisions they make. You have to defend them. It, it, it It's an attack on the institution when you let people do that. We're going to be very aggressive in protecting them. Andy, thank you yeah. so much. We're at that time where we're always fighting against the clock at the end of the show. Judge Andy Gould, Republican candidate for state attorney general, best of luck to you. How do our listeners support you and your campaign? If they will go to my website, it's gould4ag.com, all spelled out, F-O-R. All my policies are on there. If you want to donate, if you want to sign up, if you want to learn anything, uh, go to my website, gould4ag.com. Andy, thank you so much. Insiders, Bruce and I sure hope you enjoyed the show today with Sherry Sapir, Shauna Bollock, and Judge Andy Gould. Our show is broadcast and podcast both on the KVOI website and on the Apple Podcasts. Close to 130 Inside Track episodes are shown at Apple Podcasts. Until next week when we have another great show for you. For Inside Track, this is Eb Wilkinson. And Bruce Ash. Thank you so much for listening in today. We'll see you in another 167 hours. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the the cities and counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street at seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you think what's happening in Ukraine can't happen here, think again. Look who's occupying the White House. This is one of many things our forefathers predicted and ensured those rights in our Constitution. We manage money for gun owners. Call me at 777-1911 or WilkinsonWealthMGMT.com.